Hello and welcome back to the best podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Today I'm joined by Josephine. Howdy folks, welcome to the best podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, we have a lot to unpack for you today. So let's address the elephant in the room. The British Grand Prix. One of the best British Grand Prix that I've ever, ever watched. Mm. But um, Jez, what do you think? Obviously, you know, another Verstappen win in, in dominant fashion. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you said, Verstappen win, dominant fashion. I mean, me, me and Alex discussed uh, last week how... Silverstone is one of his, one of, if not his main bogey tracks. Like he doesn't, he gets some sort of bad luck every time he comes to Silverstone, no matter what, what happens. <laughs> but this year, this year is a bit different. Like obviously he's been dominating it like more than he was last year. But like, obviously there's obviously that bit of, you know, will he, won't he finally get that win in Silverstone? And he did so in pretty convincing fashion. And I mean, fair props to Lando Norris. I mean, he put he put in a shift and a half on the in the opening laps, like what, yeah. watching it watching him jump uh, Max off the line uh, oh. and covering him off into into turn one was like that was crazy and the, that, the crowd I, reaction of that. I think mental. I think I think that was the best moment of the race. But first of all, I want to publicly apologise for <laughs> everything I said about. Lando and uh, Max Verstappen is it's uh, pretty unprofessional of me to hold uh, you know impart well no not impartial opinions hold you know biased opinions on a but anyway yeah that that um, start from Lando was absolutely amazing obviously you got the dirty driving from Max again what do you mean? He turned he... into him. He turned into him. You saw him try to cover the line, but then Lando got the better start and the traction and then zoomed past. So <laughs> what else could he have done? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, if uh, if Oscar Piastri got him, they got Max into uh, turn one or turn two, I reckon Lando would have kept the lead for a substantial amount of the race. And yeah, yeah, with with Oscar having DRS as well, you know, I reckon they would have pulled away a bit from the Red Bull, but you know, it 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 would have been a Red Bull win no matter what, no matter <laughs> if he was like you know Max Verstappen started from the pit line, had a one had a one lap uh one lap down, uh little <laughs> <laughs> little vlog, but um yeah, it was just a phenomenal race from Verstappen. Phenomenal race from uh, Lando Norris, and you know, phenomenal race from one Mercedes driver, and that is the uh, phenomenal. That is the greatest. Could you call it a phenomenal? Could you call it a phenomenal race? I don't know if uh, Oscar was. He got lucky with the safety car. Yeah, if Oscar was P two, and Lando was P three, I do think that Lewis wouldn't have got through to the podium, but obviously. Because there's such a, there's such like an experience gap between, you know, Lewis has been racing in F1 for what, it's 2023 now, so he's been racing for 16 years in F1, and it's crazy. Oscar's been racing for you know half a season. Yeah, but I reckon I mean, if Lando, obviously... yeah, I reckon if Lando would have got P3, 
would have been in P3 and Oscar P2. Oscar would have held on to that P2 and Lando would have held on to that P3. I mean, you saw you saw how we thought, like, after that safety car restart, you thought maybe Hamilton's going to get Lando Norris, like, yeah. in, the, in the last few laps, but that McLaren just kept pulling away. Like, obviously, you had, you had Hamilton in the DRS, like, for the majority of that time, but then suddenly the McLaren just pulled away from from the Mercedes yeah. so like obviously like if if Oscar was in that P3 like you said I think he would have held on to it I mean yes it was a good race in that sense from Hamilton that he could keep up with with a a team that was supposed to be one of the worst after the first two races <laughs> that's now on the podium ahead of him but I mean it was a good race from him on that side of things but as I said before a bit lucky with the safety car really that probably should have been Oscar's podium but it's it's just it's just racing in that sense I mean Oscar Piastri he did amazingly well not only just to finish fourth but obviously qualify third on the grid absolutely brilliant from McLaren um but yeah he was he was a it was a very very good day for McLaren yeah yeah definitely but um it was a pretty boring race to be fair it was pretty predictable and I was thinking that in my head while watching it until Kevin Magnussen broke down in the middle of uh, the Wellington Strait Wellington Strait yeah but um, yeah what do you think about K-Mag because obviously he's only scored two points this season whereas Hulkenberg has scored nine I believe I'm not quite sure on that but uh I, I it feels it feels a little bit like there's a little bit of pain inside my heart because uh, it's going to sound very it's going to sound very strange but my my favorite driver of all time is Kevin Magnussen so Over I don't like to see him fail. Okay, currently it's Max Verstappen, <laughs> but the the whole reason I got into F one was because of Kevin Magnussen. All right, <laughs> weird <laughs> weird reason, but it was because of Kevin Magnussen I got into F one. But yeah. Mm. It's very it's very weird because obviously he showed how good he is versus Mick Schumacher, but is that really saying much? It's mm. Mick Schumacher at the end of the day, not a not a qualified like seasoned pro like Nico Hulkenberg is, and now he's got Nico Hulkenberg next to him. He's he's kind of being shown up. He's had a bit of bad luck here and there, but he, even in quali. K-Mag's getting knocked out in Q1. Nico Hulkenberg's getting into Q3 and stuff. Like, it's 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 a bit weird to see how big the drop-off has been from 2022 to 2023 for K-Mag. And it hurts a bit because I like K-Mag so much. But, like, yeah, I don't think... I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a point for him to get fired by Haas. I don't think he would. But, I don't but think at that point, though. Do you reckon they're not keeping keeping tabs on him? Because obviously the big thing the big thing with uh, Mick Schumacher is, oh yeah, he isn't scoring any points. And yeah. At how many points did he score in the end? Two? two. I think. I think Kai I'm Mag, not sure. Kai Mag scored two points. And he's uh, as you said, he's not getting out of Q1 consistently. So do you reckon the drinking the pressures on him I think it is ever so slightly is but it's not as much on him as it was on Mick Schumacher, Mick Schumacher sorry because Kev's, Kev's had years of experience he's been 
he's been in this sort of situation before where the car has been not so great to him. But uh, yeah, Mick Schumacher, he's got all this potential, this hype that came with him from the Junior Series, F3, F2, F4, whatever. So there was obviously a heap of expectation on his shoulders to to perform from the get-go. Yeah, That Haas car was absolutely woeful in 2021. I think we all know that. 2022, it took a bit of a step up. K-Mag, I think K-Mag probably outperformed that car or outperformed the the sort of level that the car should have been at. I'm just having a look now. Uh, he's got 12 points in his F1 career. Sorry, sorry, make sure you make, he's got 12 points in his career. Not to, so not a uh, and we're two. halfway through the, we're halfway through the season, and uh, Kai Mag's only scored two. So in my eyes, the pressure should be on. Gene, no, not Gene Haas. Gunter Steiner should. You know, he was so he was so hard on Mick Schumacher. You know what? When I watched Drive to Survive, like they were so hard on him, and then you know they're not being they're not being hard on Kai Mag, but thing is that was all that was all the behind the scenes in drive to survive so maybe they are you know mm. being hard on k-mag i, I do not know but I, re- I, re- I, re- I reckon you know it's the race is on for k-mag to get fired but speaking of people getting fired <laughs> <laughs> good nick segue DeVries, good segue nick devries Left his AlphaTauri seat with immediate effect. Got announced, yes, Tuesday, I believe, and this is Thursday as we're recording this. But Nick DeVries left his AlphaTauri seat with immediate effect, mm-hmm. and they brought in Daniel Ricciardo. He's back. Mm-hmm. He's back on the grid, and he finally gets to race in Vegas. What, just James, what do you think about that, man? I mean, first and foremost, as my bird has decided to make an intro into this into this podcast episode. <laughs> yes, best podcast in the world, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we yeah. that's what we're here for. Five stars uh, on Spotify. <laughs> from all of our two viewers. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, but first and foremost, it is really good to see Daniel Ricardo back on the grid. Obviously, a driver of his capabilities, an eight-time race winner, I might add, an eight-time race winner shouldn't be sitting on the sidelines, like, waiting for a for a call-up. He should be on the grid anyway. He's going to annoy me, that bird. <laughs> I don't know why he's chirping, but yeah. Um, he should be on the grid, and I'm very happy he's been given that chance. But... One thing I've, one thing I think myself and everyone in the motorsport community can agree on is how AlphaTauri handled getting rid of Nick DeVries. Yeah. Not even, not even a goodbye post or like <laughs> yeah, a, exactly. a few, like a like a dedicated couple of words. Like the best we got was uh, from the the press release from Franz Tost saying, "We thank we thank Nick for his valued contribution and wish him well for the future." That's all that was said about Nick DeVries. I mean, okay, yes, his his driving wasn't amazing. He kept getting outqualified by Yuki Tsunoda and getting outperformed by Yuki Tsunoda in races. But, I mean, yes, it's harsh enough to fire a driver 
10 races into a rookie season but then not acknowledging him at all with with a with a goodbye or a thank you or whatever it, it baffles my mind that does the alpha Tari definitely should have handled that better but i am happy that ricardo's back on the grid definitely but you know it, it's it's it, it's just sour ties in my mouth after after they followed uh after they handled the nick devries situation because i always thought he was like you know such a well-spoken young gentleman i've said that about a lot of people on the podcast but <laughs> he you know he gave it he gave it he gave it his all in monza you know with like 45 minutes to go until qualifying it was like oh yeah you're getting an f1 seat for the day and then he put it he put it P8, didn't he? In qualifying. Yeah, yeah. And then he kept it P8 or P9. He kept it for the whole of the race. But it, it's, it's, just, it's just, you know, the way they handle it, the way the Red Bull program works, it, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. But I'm glad Danny Rick's back, but I doubt he'll score any points. Really? Yeah. I, I doubt he will because that Alpha Tower is just abysmal. But you say that, but then you've got you've seen how what Yuki Shinoda's done with that car, yeah. and from what we from what we've heard about that tire test with Daniel Ricciardo, he was at what a couple tenths off Max's pole time in that in that tire test. Admittedly, it's very different conditions. <laughs> yeah. It's in a Red Bull. Admittedly, you, take from that what you will, but. He still he still got it, hasn't he? Danny Rick still yeah. has it in his in his tank. Yeah, definitely. And it'll be like you know it I I know he won't out qualify McLaren's lot whatsoever, but if he's like up there with the if he can get up there with the McLaren's, if if he can even get into the top ten, then he like he will like he will have de- he will have delivered. And, you know, I don't know I I don't know what to do with him next season. To be fair, like obviously Checo's contract expires in twenty twenty four, I believe. Yep. So, what what do you think? Do you think, you know, do you think they keep him in that Alpha Tower to, you know, warm him up for the second Red Bull seat, or do you reckon he goes elsewhere? See, that's the thing. It's it's all based on hypotheticals at this point, like. If Danny Rick performs in that Alpha Tari, whatever performs means in that sense, then yes, I think he's in consideration for that Red Bull seat. But then again, if this is to if this is to sort of give Perez the kick up the backside to say, we've put Ricardo in that Alpha Tari, he is going to be one of the challenges for your seat in 2024. If this is to give Perez the kick up the butt, uh, will he then perform? And if he does, then Ricardo's kind of in the mud, I guess, because theoretically he's not going to stay at AlphaTauri for 2024. At least I don't think he will. Who do you reckon he does get that AlphaTauri seat? It's got to be Liam Lawson at this point. Do you reckon uh, Liam Lawson's good enough for that Red Bull seat? I, th- I mean, I think so. There's, to be perfectly good honest, I don't that AlphaTauri seat actually. The Alpha Tower seat definitely. Red Bull seat, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't really think there's anyone else in that Red Bull Junior team that could come close to what Liam Lawson is at the moment. Obviously, you had Yuri Vips, who was 
who was at the time Red Bull's best talent in my eyes. He was their best talent after Sonoma. He is probably my. I'd I'd like I'd like Yuri Vips in that Red Bull Z, but obviously Red Bull Junior program is gone out the window now. Uh, but then after him, for Liam good Lawson, reason as well. Yes, for good reason. He he was an idiot, but idiot man. <laughs> yeah, we we're we're past that moment now. But yeah, Liam Lawson. There isn't the only other person I can think of that could come close to Liam Lawson is uh, Ayumu Wasa in in F two. So I think I think he's third in the championship right now. Yeah, behind um, behind Vesti and Porcher, who are both smashing it. By the way, uh, yeah, you throw Iwasa's name into the mix. It's a it's another it's another Sonoda basically. I think I think they said he was faster than Yuki Sonoda in a in um, in F two. Obviously, they're raising different teams, but Iwasa is another one with great potential. But, yeah, but if you F two is not like F two is a spec series. So like, if you're faster, if you're faster in uh, F2, you're gonna be faster in Formula One. So I don't know why Yuki got the call up and Iwasa didn't. Well, to be fair, Iwasa wasn't in F2 by then. Oh, Iwasa, Iwasa's oh first. <laughs> Iwasa's first season was last year, mate. Oh, <laughs> no, you can you can forgive me for the pit stop knowledge. Picks up, got yes, away with it for a whole year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can let I can let you off. I can let you off. <laughs> yeah, but like Iwasa is a very very promising young driver that they've got. I think it's those two that are in that conversation for the AlphaTauri seat, Lawson and Iwasa. But if I was to pick someone, I'd lean more towards Liam Lawson because he's. I think he's a, he's he's going for his second Super Formula title now. That's why you could. I, th- I thought they'd give the seat to him, but obviously, the, I think he's he's more focused on Super Formula. I don't know yeah. why you'd be more. I don't know why you'd be more focused on Super Formula than yeah, but a seat in F one. The thing like, is, like, you got you got to collect your silverware because if you go in, into an Alpha Tower, you're not gonna win a championship. <laughs> good point. Yeah, I mean, unless unless there's unless there's something going on behind the scenes I don't know why Liam Lawson wasn't considered for taking that Alpha Tauri seat because I think I think anyone would take a seat in F1 over a Super Formula Championship right any obviously you can, you can maybe you can maybe throw it back to when Gasly uh, couldn't get couldn't take the F1 seat because he was in a Super Formula Championship finale but I can that understand that even happen that didn't even happen because of a because of a hurricane or whatever it was, but I thought, yeah, for next year, I I'd like to see Liam Lawson in that AlphaTauri. It's been long enough. He's had a couple yeah. of tests. He's had a couple of tests in the the AlphaTauri. He's been in an FP session in the Red Bull. For goodness sake, he should be. He's he's in the he should be in the front running seat for that. Why are they not doing the junior drivers in the FP sessions anymore? Or are they? Am I just being stupid? I, I actually have no idea. Because I know it, last year they gave some. Yeah, because at USA, twenty twenty two, when we were watch when we were in the flat and watching that uh, session, and then we saw a lot three or four um, yeah. of the junior drivers testing. They were way off the pace, but it was just like 
it it was just interesting to see like the benchmark of yeah. Formula One drivers against you know Formula Two drivers or Super Formula drivers or like Mario Kart sixty four like Formula drivers. <laughs> <laughs> or people like me and you who play <laughs> F122 with all the assists on <laughs> to be fair F122 without assists on is bloody impossible it's all right on <laughs> F123 I play with a uh, traction control off but um... oh sorry big man <laughs> sorry <laughs> dear oh, we've derailed into a gaming podcast again yeah best podcast in the world best podcast in the world we cover everything it's not the motorsport this week's podcast (laughs) it's everything this week (laughs) everything this week hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to everything this week (laughs) (laughs) oh mate where were we but why aren't they doing that anymore that that was not such a cool concept unless they are doing it and we're just incredibly oblivious to it do you watch all the practice sessions no Oh, I've, uh, I I I don't watch the practice sessions. No, because, like... no, because it would not be posted on the uh, social media. Yeah, like yeah, if we if there was something like that, we we'd know about it, right? Like, like the, yeah. the teams would be like, oh yeah, Liam Lawson's in the car today, or I don't know uh, who else is there. Franco Colapinto's driving for the Williams team, or something like that. You'd hear Tyler about Porcher's finally getting his chance. Do you reckon, yeah, like do you reckon Tyo Porcher's getting a chance in F1 if he wins the uh, championship? I would hope so. But then again, it all hinges on Bottas and Joe. Like they haven't they haven't been terrible. Like I think Joe Joe is the only driver on the grid to not have to pay a single dollar in damages to his car at the moment. <laughs> I think he is he is top of the list, and then Verstappen is second with like 85 grand or it's either 60 grand or 85 grand and then oh, you have Verstappen. people down Verstappen's in second what for... what has Verstappen done to his car because he's won every race this season it's just it's just like the it's just like the the little like bumps and stuff like taking a bit of carbon fiber off and stuff yeah Verstappen uh Verstappen special the Verstappen special in the pit lane at Silverstone that was a that was an interesting one. I think, <laughs> I think I think Martin Brundle said on commentary it was worth a hundred grand that a little bump into the into the pit into the pit wall. But, but that's what I saying. Joe's been somewhat consistent in that. I don't I don't recall him DNFing from a race so far this season, unless I'm being stupid. Am I being stupid? I can't remember. <laughs> Elite level of knowledge on this podcast. Yeah. Truly is, but yeah, as I said, it hinges on mainly Joe Guan Yu because Bottas is the seasoned veteran. He's probably he's on a multi-year deal. Joe, I believe, is on till twenty twenty-four. I think he's been signed on till twenty twenty-four. Um, yeah, it all hinges on how they perform. Obviously, if Teo Porcher does does bits, you have to say he's in an in a in F one contention. He'll definitely get the reserve role. If he wins, if he wins F two, he'll definitely get that reserve role because obviously he can't come back to F two, can he? He'll yeah, have that reserve role. That, and... That's what pisses me off about you know these drivers that win F two. You know, obviously can't have a relegation and promotion system because Williams or Lord Haas or Lord he's at the back of the grid now. Lord AlphaTauri will just yeah. lose drivers left right like every year, but mm. you know it's like. 
there should be like something else like available to them because like what if like Oscar Piastri yeah he had to wait like a whole year without doing any motorsport to get in an F1 car yeah and it, it he obviously weren't used to it because that McLaren that McLaren was you know crap and he just weren't used to it he couldn't adapt to the car so like, what you meant to do in like a whole year off you can't like you know you can't go in the sim because the sim doesn't replicate real life like, imagine yeah. if imagine if you could just drive about an F1 car like I'm not at Silverstone for like six hours a day, <laughs> <laughs> just to like prepare yourself. Imagine that. I mean, like as you said, there's like there's not much you can do as a driver in in that sense. Yeah. Just unless sit you around. Have all the money wait. in the world. Unless you have all the money in the world, which some of drivers do. Nikita Maspin. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying though, like, yeah, like you said as well, you can't leave. You can't leave F two champions, for example, like F two champions who've shown that they're a class apart from the field, like Oscar Piastri and Felipe Drugovic. What Oscar Piastri last year sat out, as you said, Felipe Drugovic. What is he doing right now? He's he's Aston he reserve driver. The thing the thing is he should he should hundred percent he should have a hundred percent been in that uh, Aston at the first race of the season over Lance Stroll, but because Lance Stroll's a rich arsehole, he was like, oh yeah, let me let me get in and show off my show off my driving ability. But he's the the reality is he's been absolutely nowhere this season compared to Fernando Alonso. Like you know, yeah. I know it, I know it's never gonna happen, but Drek and Lance, Drek and Stroll is just like thinking like if Tyler put no if Felipe Drogovic was in this was in this seat, how would he perform compared to Lance? Like it should be it, realistically, if you're at, at like a team owner, team principal, those guys should really be thinking: is there someone that could? outperform what Lance is doing with yes. that Aston Martin team. And his name is Felipe from Brazil. <laughs> the boy from Brazil. Like it makes sense. F two champion. I mean what the, what what has Lance won in the, the junior series? I think he won F four somewhere. Yeah and, the, and then that, that that was before you had to have the super license points. Ah right, okay. I so think... he so he really so now that I'm thinking about it, he really did just buy his way into F1. <clears throat> Man, that's a that's a big allegation to make. I I don't like mean everyone. that, lads. Like everyone. Think... <laughs> People on the grid last year bought their way into F1. Who's the... hey, who are those three? Latifi. Uh, last year, I'm on about. Ah, right, okay. Latifi. Okay. Latifi. Stra- I thought Mazepin was on the grid. In 2022, I'm really sorry, but yeah, Latifi, Lance, and Mazepin all bought their way onto the grid in 2021. Okay, yeah. now that when you say when you say 2021, that makes more sense now. <laughs> but it's it's just you know it's just ridiculous that you have to 
boil your way boil your way into it. You have to pack like Ryan like when we had Ryan on many moons ago and when we had Jess on many moons ago, it was like they were all saying the same thing. They'd love to race in, you know, the junior series, the Formula series, Formula One. But it's just so much money and you're paying these people for a seat rather than getting paid to drive. Like there's no there's no real return on investment because you're not mm. guaranteed to be like on the pace straight away and you're not even guaranteed to be in F two. Uh F one, mm. sorry. So yeah. there's literally no return on investment. You're you're just burning money. And like for like say FIA, F three or like F two. I think it's like a million or two million just for a seat in F two or yeah. F three. It's ridiculous, man. It is crazy. I mean, that's motorsport, isn't it? It's just the rich get richer, and whatever whatever happens in 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 the world affects F one, doesn't it? Or just motorsport in general. It's just it's just a very tough nut to crack, really. If you don't have that financial strength exactly and think about how many how many good races there are out there that will never get the chance in formula one because Mm. realistically it's not about who's the best it's about who's got the most money you know i've you know lewis hamilton's told this story many times but his you know his dad still spent 40 odd grand getting him into f1 he had that deal with uh martin brundle didn't he that mm. financially supported him but you know without that you know S- Sebastian Vettel he weren't exactly rich but you know he he spent at least 40 grand getting in it getting into F1 it's just mm. it's just sad to see man I mean, there's, there's not much we can do about it unfortunately exactly. it's just not it's much, just the way not, the not much uh, a YouTube channel with uh, 30 subscribers can do <laughs> <laughs> but if you subscribe now we could make a difference <laughs> exactly. click on that red button immediately and we can exactly. we can protest to the fia or something <laughs> all right jez do you want to start an indica i can do if you want to i've, I've noticed yeah. that the, t- the time was running a bit low so i <laughs> might have to speed this up a little bit but indycar is back get in we did not have any indy last weekend because uh I'm not quite sure why, but we didn't have any IndyCar last weekend. Uh, but this weekend, uh, they are racing around the streets of Toronto now. Uh, Scott Dixon is the the kingpin around Toronto. He's the defending champion at Toronto. He's got the most wins around the streets of the Canadian city. These are these are the first and only time they venture outside the US for a, for an IndyCar Grand Prix. Um, but yeah, it's Toronto streets of Toronto. Scott Dixon basically owns that place he's he's won there so many times he equaled uh i think uh aj foyt's uh race wins record over there uh when he won last time in toronto but yeah he'll be the man to catch another man to catch obviously he's going to be alex below the the current championship leader running away with it i think he's 132 points clear if it's not that then it's 105 points clear i'm not quite sure on the maths but he is a substantial way ahead in the in the championship, similar to that of Max Verstappen in F one, Peko Bagnaia in, in MotoGP. I think it's, I think he's running away with it in MotoGP, isn't it, Lewis? Yeah, yeah. He seems to he seems to be able to bin it like every week and not like, still like come on, not like, hundred points ahead. 
It's crazy. But yeah, Alex Polo is the, the championship leader. He'll be definitely one to look out for in this one. Bit of a bit of big news from the from the from the IndyCar scene. Uh Simon Pagina, obviously the in the Maya Shank number sixty car, uh had his big moment, his uh horrifying crash. I'm sure many of you've seen it on the social media channels. Uh he had his crash where he flipped and flipped and flipped. Uh was declared unfit to race in the the mid Ohio Grand Prix. The Grand Prix of Mid Ohio wasn't there. Not was it mid Ohio? Yes, it was mid Ohio. It was declared not fit to race in there, and Connor Daly took his car. This week, though, he's again declared not fit. So Tom Blomqvist, the New Zealand, Swedish, Canadian—I don't know which flag he races under anymore—but Tom Blomqvist is going to pilot the uh, the number sixty car for his first ever rodeo in IndyCar. So good luck to Tom Blomqvist and speedy recovery, of course, to to Simon. But yeah. IndyCar. I say it every time when I'm on this pod. Watch IndyCar. It is so much fun. Like, yes, Palo's running away with the championship, but the racing is so close everywhere. Like, it's so... I want to call it a spec series because it, it kind of is like a spec series, but there's two... There's two engine patterns. There's two engine manufacturers in Chevy and Honda. That's about the only difference. And the team names, obviously. But it is really good racing. I tell you, it is really, really good racing. Polo can dash off into the front, like sort of what like Max Verstappen does. But everywhere else, it's amazing racing. I tell you that. So, if you've got time, I don't know what time the Grand Prix is. I believe it's uh, at half six in the UK. I think it's half six in the UK. It's a half one Eastern time start time. So I think it's half six here. Get your eyes on IndyCar. Get watching it. There's no F1 this weekend. Watch IndyCar. Do it. That's my promo. All right. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back next week. But you won't be seeing my beautiful face. You'll be seeing Alex and Jezfin's beautiful face because I'm going away on holiday. And just before we go, we just want to say a very quick congratulations to friend of the pod. I think he's second guest ever on the pod or third second guest. Second guest ever. Second guest ever no, on the third, pod. Third, third guest ever. Third guest on the pod ever. <laughs> Jessica Edgar, congratulations on your uh, podium in Monza in the F1 Academy. I think it was race two, if I remember correctly. But yeah, very well, very well done, Jess. Very We're all proud of you in motorsport this week. <laughs> <laughs>